Here we are, live, Knife Making Down the Podcast. Uh, tonight we have Mert and Kev. Uh, Corin is unable to <laughs> join us. Um, at least he didn't have a shocker like I did last time, um, which was not technically forgetting it was my wife's birthday, but double booking the podcast when I should have been focusing on uh, the dinner side of things for us. But I do have a fair excuse in in my favour that I can guarantee you I didn't forget it was her birthday because on Australia Day, we drove out towards Young in New South Wales and picked up her birthday present, which is, well, we didn't realise the time, was only a seven-week-old Border Collie pup. And that lack of sleep in those two days since picking it up and then having the shocker on the pubcast side of things uh, was kind of my excuse anyway. Um, so, yeah, best of both worlds. Now, we, now we've got another little addition to the family, so I understand Mert's frustrations <laughs> with having another puppy in the house. Kind of forgot what it was like. <laughs> uh, you know, their bundles of energy and all the rest of it. Uh, we've got a few people coming on board for the pub, pubcast. We'll give a couple of minutes for people to trickle in. Uh, David Heron, g'day, mate. It's your first time with the live feed. Uh, hopefully we can give you some content worth listening to, worth sticking around for. Got a few of the... You, you know what, You know there. what, Kev? You know what? I was, I, I was wondering about something, and I had to listen to one of the older episodes. And if you, for the new listeners, if you're just starting to listen to us, please don't ever fucking listen to old episodes. Because they're shit. Yeah. If you talk about episodes from like first till twenty, I'm like, oh, they're bad. They're bad. Like if you ever listen to those episodes, I'm like, these guys are clowns. I'm not listening a single second of it. And yeah, that's the that's that's the that's the spirit. If you're starting a new podcast, my my recommendation is make sure you delete the first twenty episodes. Yeah, just don't publish them in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> it was a learning curve. Uh, there's Doug. G'day, Doug. How you going, mate? Good to see you yep. again. Or good hey, to see you on is, board again. This is the YouTube link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, that's good. So, yes, we've got a few people on board. Corin's not able to join us tonight. Well, not yet anyway. We'll see if I get distracted in a little while with some phone messages from him to say, um, send me the link to join in uh, outside of that um, hopefully we've got a bit of content to talk about it's been a while, been a while for me um, I was just explaining why I wasn't here on the last one um, we got a new puppy into the household and the thing is an absolute terror, beautiful but a terror and we didn't have much yeah. sleep for a couple of days and um, yeah I kind of forgot that I had booked the pubcast instead of dinner for my wife's birthday. And, uh, yeah, it was sort of like a late afternoon, holy shit moment. So technically I didn't forget the birthday. I just had rain fade on um, the dinner arrangements. Uh, so we got ourselves aboard a collie. He's a beautiful little boy. Um, terror, terrorising our 13-year-old um, whip across. Poor thing. He used to just sleep his days away. And now he... Uh, he spends his day trying to escape the, the little terror with, with those really sharp, pincy little teeth 
if you want to get sharp, an idea of sharp for things like stilettos and whatnot, puppy teeth. Oh, man, those things are crazy. So we got a few more. Come on board. Oi, oi, Lee. How you going, mate? Good to see you. Um, it's been a while. We're just saying, like, it's been just, fuck, it's been ages, hasn't it? Like, pre-Christmas for me. Um, things have been going on. Uh, shed extension is in process. Anyone that's been seeing Mertz, social well, media at the moment. I've puppy first time. Got to delay again, mate. <laughs> uh, this <laughs> wonderful side to technology. Um, you're there, mate. Go ahead. Right. I, I got like I got like a twenty second delay. Yeah, no good at all. You, you're sort of skittish and whatnot over there. Uh, all good. Uh, so anyway, I was just saying, while we work out what's happening with Mert's connection, um, he's just left us for the time being. We'll try and reconnect with Mert. Uh, anyway, that's seen what's going on with me. I've been slowly but surely getting my workshop extension done. Uh, I have no experience in building stuff. My, Mert and I were talking about this before. Uh, so I have enlisted my good mate, Brad, Beer Rad, Brad Heathcote, and he's doing the project management for me of it. He's a busy man himself, so things are just starting to roll now. The slap went in, set without any cracks or any issues on there, um, and then he ordered all the parts, and I got the phone calls from the suppliers to pay for everything. And then yesterday, middle of the day, I got a delivery from Stramit and uh, spent about an hour slowly but surely moving steel from the front to the back. You discover how inconvenient things like back long-term back injuries are when you have to move heavy pieces of steel and your only option is to move one piece at a time without risking putting yourself back into a, a bad position so yeah the truck unloaded all the the bits and pieces and then i moved them all into the back and then brad came around into the day and um, gave me a hand with the last of it uh, and i've got a couple of classes on now so it'll happen It'll happen. And what's been happening in your neck of the woods, Mert? We got you back. Got a massive delay by the sound of it. Can you hear me, Kev? Yes, mate, I can hear you, but there's obviously a massive delay. Yeah, you got, you got, I'm back. Um, so this week has been all about heavy lifting. So first of all, we took our puppy, uh, Luna, the tiny boxer one, to dog park for the first time. Obviously, we brought our, yeah, yeah we, we brought the, here we are, yeah, anyway, again. so we brought both of the dogs, the dog park, they played, everything is fine, you know, like there are a few dogs and they're playing, there's a little yappy dog that Luna really wants to play with them and 
my other dog is uh, trying to play, but he opened his mouth and almost beat one of the dogs in the house. Like he was trying to play, but the owners obviously start panicking, saying, "Hey, your dog is eating my dog." Fair point, you know. So then we decided to leave, and my big dog, the, the big asshole, decided not to leave. So he just lay down. He just lay down flat. I had to lift that 65 kilo of a big cow. So I had to do it a few times. That was the first lifting. And second lifting was uh, I bought a shed. And while me and my friend we were about to dismantle it, my friend got sick and I had to call reinforcements. And reinforcements were called the legendary sausage man, Jamie. Luckily, Jamie helped me and he guided me through. So we took apart most of the shed and just another trip or two left. So tired as fuck and sore as fuck. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad mine is all new stuff that just gets delivered. And all we have to do is dine a bowl in and do big boys Meccano and, you know, screw things together, paddles on. And then I have to call on the legendary Jamie myself and get some electrical work done. Can you hear me? I can hear you. So we have uh, Hunter Valley's best internet connection going at the moment, um, unfortunately. Uh, so Jamie's just going saying his ass crack got sunburned when he was taking that roof off. <laughs> Not a picture we want to have in there. Uh, funny stuff. So, like I say, great, great to be back. First podcast back. Um, unfortunately, you can see from the picture of me holding his head in his hands, uh, internet in the Hunter Valley is pretty shit right now. But we'll just keep moving on. We'll get that stuff. Um, so you're not on your own with your dog named Luna. So earlier I was saying I, we got a new puppy ourselves. Uh, his name is Kobe. Uh, same as the basketballer, but different spelling. A little border collie. And he is terrorising us pretty well. Beautiful little boy. Uh, only just turned eight weeks old. And the new addition to the family since we lost one of our other dogs at the end of last year. All good. He's come into my shop a few times. Uh, I haven't posted anything on social media just yet with him, uh, but he's come into my shop a few times already, and the sneaky little bastard so far has a collection of about three pieces of antler, which he is enjoying as chew toys. Uh, every time he comes into the workshop, I have to just keep a bit of an eye on him, and it's funny seeing such a small dog crawl in and under things and around things and I have to say he is a cheeky piece of shit because every time he comes in you can see his eyes darting left and right and he's looking at what he can steal and he tried to pick up a little plastic container and run with that out the door but I scared him and uh, he dropped that down and then a little bit later he's come in and saw him bolt out the door really quickly and I was like what do you got and he'd happily snuck away with a little piece of 600 grit sandpaper which I couldn't find later on, so I'm assuming that he had a very clean 600 grit butt when he did his shit later on and pooed that out. But it's certainly uh, 
bring into light the need to childproof the workshop a little bit more. It's 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 a little bit much at times. Um, but yeah, good company back again. So we got uh, a few more people on there. Um, what's uh, Troy? How are the leather zipper pouches going? They're nice, mate. They 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 look good. Um, what can I say? Haven't used it yet. I've got one there. Um, nice size for a big chef knife to put in. Uh, quality looks pretty good. So no complaints at all with that. Raymond Davies, you're in the middle of a shed extension too. 11 by 6. Well, I'm going, yeah, 10 by 5, and I think Mert's 10 by 6 or 10 by 7 or something as well. Um, in the big scheme of things, when you've got friends over in the US for particular, um, and you see their workshops, it it's almost disheartening when you're putting a shed extension on, you're really excited that you're adding 50% of that workable space on there, but it's still about the same as one of their mudrooms for people to enter into. Um, yeah, so, yeah, mate, sure does, polishing a turd. Um, yeah, like I said, puppies. I'm pretty tired at the moment, and like I said, it's just managing that day-to-day, -day, but, you know, He's a little border collie. We've had a border collie before, so I kind of know what I'm in for. He's a pretty smart little fella. That's his, um, oh, what do you got there? A whippet. So Shifty, my other dog is a whippet Kelpie Cross, a beautiful natured dog. Uh, whippets, when they're younger, are fairly crazy, but they go in short bursts of energy, and then they sort of spend a fair bit of their time being quite placid. My nickname for one of my uh, for my whippet is Silent Bob because uh, he rarely makes a noise, which is is pretty good. Um, so yes, we're going through some technical issues with Mert at the moment. Corin's not able to join us, or unless he comes on a bit later. Um, so you're just going to have to put up with me filling the void. Like I say, it's been a while pre-Christmas. Hope everyone had a good break. Uh, no, we certainly did here. A little bit disappointing uh, with the COVID lockdowns. I'm sure everyone's still experiencing that uncertainty with that. Classes, uh, I've had a few cancellations, unfortunately, just people unable to get here. But what can we do? Just deal with that. And it gives me time in the shed to make some knives and stuff. So one of the things that I was working on and probably seen a bit of it on my social media is um, I have a bit of a liking for W2 tool steel. And I have a big bundle of it in the back uh, bottom workshop in the in the garage and for whatever reason I just stopped using it um, and decided get back into it uh, have a crack again at getting into that W2 stuff because creating Hamons is uh, probably you know, how to describe it highs and lows pros and cons good and bad fucking evil and good um, in terms of achieving those. But I've been practicing with a new little technique. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm the only one doing it. I highly doubt it. But it's giving me some really nice results. And I've just had some decent little chef knives uh, come up in the mix there. So, mate, you've moved up to the top garage by the look of it. Yes, I'm in the garage. Is there a delay? Can you guys hear me? You look beautiful and like right here, I, right now. I get, I get a lot. I get a lot. Yeah, I know. Thank you. 
<laughs> Humble too. <laughs> so what did I miss? Not much, mate. Me just babbling on a bit about the dog and the workshop and stuff and saying how, you know, we're all excited about these big extensions. And, yeah, when we see of our friends over in the U.S., we're kind of like their mudroom, their entryway in terms of the size of our workshops. But we've got to do what we've got to do with what we've got. So, yeah, look, my the land is, is going to be... There. Oh, yeah. And yeah, building is different. Yeah. Yeah. There's no... There's you, use no me- you use Mexican soap. There's no Mexicans <laughs> to be used here, so... No. Or Canadians, <laughs> if you're up high. We <laughs> hear their cheap labour. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we're talking a little bit about the dogs and uh, all the rest of it. So, uh, what did Andrew say? With the border collie, you'll have two and a half years of hyper. Yeah, uh, we had a border collie as our first dog when Ro and I first moved in together, um, and then he was just that lanky, gangly, teenager-looking thing, and pretty frustrating for the most part because they're very intelligent dogs, and then all of a sudden just settled down and was just. A fantastic dog, but unfortunately got cancer, uh, so we lost him earlier than we should have. Um, and then our other dog, Murph, that recently passed, he was a rescue from the RSPCA, and he was just a lovely, lovely dog. But not a dog. Neither of my dogs really would into like dog things, like playing games with balls or in water or anything. So it's kind of nice to have a dog that's showing active signs with you know, playing with the ropes and balls and stuff like that. As I say, though, got to keep the little bastard out of my workshop. I've had to childproof it. I've got temporary fences up around everything because you turn your back and he's crawling underneath something. He made a he made a dart. He got under this little fence on the side of my workshop and just made this dash down. And so I've come around the other side and he was absolutely coated in spider webs. And I am a dead set fucking arachnophobe. So here's oh, my yeah. dog covered in spider webs. Oh yeah, I just had a spider, a tiny little spider, run across my microphone <laughs> before, and I nearly, <laughs> nearly went off air for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Since since I got Luna and she likes to be where I am at, and I'm in the shed now. Kaya, my big Kanga, he wants to be in the shed as well. You might think like, ah, oh, what's that's cool? Like, why are you complaining? When my dog lays down, he covers one third of my fucking shed. And he likes to lay down exactly where I work. And most of the times, I don't notice that he's doing it. I got my headset. I'm listening to podcasts. I turn around and I step and there's something soft. And next thing is like I'm trying to hold on the thing so I don't break my leg. There's a giant cow on the floor. Like looking like what? Yeah. Your, your dog is huge, mate. Your dog is not a shop dog. That's why you're getting a bigger workshop. Yes. So there's space for him and probably less space than what you've got now for yourself again. You know, everybody wants to have like a large dog till they realize what large dog comes up with. Okay, let me tell you, when he takes a shit, like you have to lift a kilo of shit with the bag, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and when he, when he decides to lay down, you're going to have to fucking lift him, okay? Yeah. And when, you, you have to, you have to phys- when you have to physically stop him, you're not stopping like a 20 kilo of something like a little love fluff. You're stopping a 60 kilo of a muscle that's trying to rip some other dog's head off. Not that it happens, but it's it comes with things like, oh, I want a big dog. I like big dogs. Still, you have to deal with a big dog. Not easy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, one of the <laughs> long gone, going about our, our little uh, fur babies, our pets here, I tell you, one of the things about having that reintroduction into having a puppy um, was picking it up. The day we picked him up, they were like, oh, yeah, we're just giving him, giving him worming tablets. And we're like, oh, okay, cool, no worries. And two days later, because he's sleeping in the house, we're, we're trying to get him used to sleeping in the house. With, uh, we've got kitty-proof gates everywhere. Thankfully, we have a slate floor because we, we got up in the morning and it, it was like there was just putrid, runny, diarrhea, dog shit fucking everywhere. <laughs> Not what you want to get up to. So I have a... You know, memories of, you know, having my son, who's now nearly 19, changing nappies, came back. So I'm walking into the kitchen going, <laughs> the dog's trying to excitedly run towards us, thankfully just skipping through all the, the runny landmines. <laughs> and then my wife and I, our first part of the day is spending about 25 minutes, 30 minutes cleaning and disinfecting the floors. <laughs> so he spends a bit of time outside now. <laughs> Which is not too bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Distractions. Distractions. I should be doing stuff and I'm getting distracted by the dog. But, you know, that's all good. Uh, Corey, I've got no problem with sharing the fact that I've, I'm not a good thing with Spiders, man. It, it's pretty well known. Um, if anyone watches The Simpsons, they'll know that Ned Flanders screams like a high pitched woman. Uh, yeah, that's that's me when I get a spider uh, and I'm not expecting it. Kev, there. there's not a, not, there's not a single species of spider in Australia that you cannot kill if you put it on your bicep and you feel like a <laughs> if you like if you if you flex your arm. There's not a single spider species that you cannot crush in Australia. Mate, I have size 14 feet. And I'm very happy to be stomping on spiders when I see them. <laughs> the, the problem we've got at the moment, particularly here in Canberra at the moment, is it's been really cool. Like summer, summer I, I, I think it was on a comment that I made to bloody Mal Hannon um, about Canberra gets really freaking hot, you know, like 40-degree days, stinking dry heat. And this year we had... One day in particular, which was really hot, and I did a Damascus day that day. And then ever since then, it's actually been 20s. Today it was hot and it was 28. Um, but with that, it's been moist and cool. Man, the freaking redbacks in my workshop at the moment, everything I move, it seems to have a redback underneath it. Well, uh, when, me and, when me and Jamie, we were dismantling the shed, Man, you had to see there were some fat ones. Like there were some, some of the bums looked like a fucking marbles. They were so big and fat. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like oh, <laughs> as, as as a as a pro, a person who has allergies to bee stings, and which also means that I'll have allergies to spider bites as well. And did I bring my epipen? No, did, I didn't. Well, I'm let's have a segue there. Yeah, let's have a yeah. segue there for a second. Yeah. So my puppy's outside the other night, two nights ago, and we're, we're sort of commenting on, you know, how good he is outside on his own because he came from a farm. He was an outside dog. And then my wife has a look out the door and she's like, something's not right. 
and he comes out and he's shaking his head and he's batting his face and he turns around and no shit, his fucking head was swollen like a balloon. He'd eaten a bug. We had we had a beehive, it's gone now. We got we got the guy to come and pick it up last night. But his whole face was up, he couldn't breathe. So we've done the nine thirty fucking fifteen minute drive down the highway trying to keep the dog alert and alive. Uh, to get him to the emergency vet. And then you're talking about bee stings and stuff. Last night, oh. the guy comes <laughs> on this finger here, comes I around, we move, help, him, help him move the beehive, go to get it in the back of the car, and I forgot which, which way he had it orientated. And not all the bees, obviously, are inside the hive, so they follow. And as I went to pick the hive up, yeah, bust fucking... Stung me right on the finger. She's blown up like a freaking balloon today. What a shit, man. So I'm doing it. Yeah, I was doing it like you do because I've been stung by a bee for a long time. I was like, fuck, I hope I'm not allergic. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, the day you, I'd pick you, stuff up. You'll know, it, you'll know it pretty fast. If you're allergic, like, you'll learn it really fast. Yeah, hurts like a bastard. But now we unfortunately, because we've got the puppy, we don't have the bees, which is a bit sad because, you know, we had a good little hive there. Uh, what do we got? So just going through some of the comments. I'm not real. Like, Corin normally leads through the admin panel. So, guys, just bear with us while I'm getting distracted um, and, and looking at the comments, and we'll go through. Uh, we've got one there from Lee. Pretty comfortable with the laser by now. Um, yeah, look, I've got, a, I've got a laser called Glowforge. They're not available in Australia anymore because it was a pain in the ass for him to get them shipped out here. Um, and Australian standards were a lot higher than the rest of the world, so they had to do a lot of uh, work with that. Um, it's a 40-watt 40, 40 CO2 laser. Um, in hindsight, like I enjoy it. It's good. It keeps the creativity going on a lot of stuff. Cut out my sheath templates with the laser created a program just so I've got a uniform sheath size. And if I want a small, medium, large sheath, I'll just go in and create that. Problem is when your PC shits itself and you lose all your data, um, you've got to go back through and, um, you know, relearn and re-add all of that stuff. And I'm using programs I don't know a lot about. So, um, yeah. In hindsight, maybe if I could get a slightly more powerful laser, maybe one that's slightly different running process to to mine, I'd do it, but I'm not disappointed with the mine to the, to the extent that I'd, I'd get rid of it and swap it out. I just do with it as I do. So doing the um, maker's marks and my signature logo for the kitchen knives is really, really handy. I use a product called uh, Laser Bond, and you spray it on, and then when you laser it up, it, it comes up like a it's like an etched enamel, which is which is really nice. Um, and then I've got other things I've been working on, made like sheath pouches, uh, blade pouch covers, and stuff like that uh, for cardboard and whatnot. Um, you know, just for when I cover it, and it's got a nice little signature logo thing on there. So I don't get enough time, mate. The problem is when you're a full-time knife maker, you've got to commit to you know, a couple of the processes, making knives, potentially making sheaths, and you don't have enough time outside of that to, you know, become an expert on other things, unless you're up 
all freaking hours of the day and night, which I'm trying to do less of actually lately, if I can. Um, but yeah, no, it's good, mate. No, I, I don't know what's available in Australia. I know Paul Aristard's using a laser at the moment for some of his stuff. Dalu's using one on his. Um, so, you know, pop something up on the Knife Making Down Under podcast group about who's using what laser, mate, and I'm sure we get a good thread going there. Um, yeah, no, that's good. And we've got latest chef knives. Oh, hotter than Molly, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Jaden. <laughs> it's it's one of those things, though, like I make a lot of hunting knives and I, I really enjoy them, but I've also been quietly making a lot of chef knives. And it's now that, like, the, it's tug of war, mate. It's pulled sort of about a 50-50 mix. And obviously, I think the chef knife market in one regard is there's, there's more people out there wanting a knife because... You know, ninety percent of people cook, and probably fifty percent of people or forty percent of people hunt. Um, will it etch cerakote? Yes, I believe it will etch cerakote. Uh, I did a cleaver for a guy, and I had the textured hammer finish on the top two thirds of the blade, and he wanted my Kev K logo uh, on on the blade. And I basically etched off, laser etched off that um, scale with it. And it worked out quite nice too. So I'll etch through Cerakote. I'm not a big fan of Cerakote, I have to say. I don't think you're going to find too many people that are. Um, it, it has its place. Bright, small, bright hunting knives, I guess. But I'm, I'm definitely a hand-sanded finish for my stuff. You'd be the same with that, wouldn't you, Matt? Oh, look. I never, I, it never interested me. I, I see like some point with it, but maybe hunting knives, some tactical stuff, but nah, not with the kitchen stuff. Yeah. Hey, I just realized that it's nine o'clock. Yes. And do you know what happens at nine o'clock? Timmy time. Knife maker. Gamaco Artisan Supplies. Knife Making Down Under Podcast. Oh my word, I haven't <laughs> seen that video in too long. Yeah. <laughs> I was singing away to it. No, it's like, wow, that's been a long time. Hey, look, mate, it, it must be refreshing. It must be refreshing for you to come onto this podcast and not see your boss's face. Well, you know, I don't see much anyway, so. That <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> He's too busy uh, working, man. That's why he doesn't see Yeah. Oh, right, right. Too busy um, working. I, yeah. What's new? What's new? Oh, I think there's a lot new. We've got, we've got plenty of new stuff. Uh, over at Gamico, um, plenty of new stock, plenty of new new staff members. There's a lot going on, a lot changing. Uh, yeah, right. Is that also... is that new new staff members or just a bit of a change in shift? Uh, we're just 
uh, scaling up in the warehouse and we've got a, a new branch manager. So there's, there's lots of structural changes going on to make things just run better. Yeah. So it's yep. exciting times. No, good stuff. So um, are you back doing – Have you? did you finish your study? Like you were doing a business diploma or something? Did you finish that? Yeah, I did finish that. Um, oh, well done. Well, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to start my degree <laughs> soon as well. So well, that's my, that was my next question. Are you going to move on now – and, and take it to that next step, are you? Ah, uh, yeah, when I can be bothered, when I have time, something like that. Yeah. Well, my son's what do you, you want to be when you grow up? Timmy, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> are you asking question. me or Timmy? <laughs> I haven't worked it out yet, mate. This phase of <laughs> life, I'm a knife maker. <laughs> uh, not, not homeless. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> Yeah, well, my son's that, actually just started a business that degree. Scratch knife making off the list, then scratch knife making off the possible <laughs> <Yeah>. job list. <laughs> oh, no, no milk tonight, but I've got water. Oh, that's all right, mate. We, we're good with water. <laughs> Dino, speaking of that, though, of course, Dino has to come in with where's your milk? Yeah, no, I we just found got water. Out, um, I'm ever so slightly lactose intolerant, so. <laughs> wow. yeah. Were you listening before when we were talking about the puppy doing its uh, runny business all over our floors? That's that's it. That's that's my story. Yeah. That, that's that's why they don't get that's why they don't get milk when they leave mum. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. Right. So what's what's new in terms of products at Gamaco, mate? I mean, it's been a long while since we've had a look at. Well, I, I buy my usual stuff through you guys, but. I've been looking at some of the posts that come up and some of the emails that are coming out. There seems to be a good range of things. Well, that's a good point. If you're not subscribed to our newsletter, I really recommend it because um, we send out weekly emails just updating everyone about what's going on, what we have new, um, any deals that we have, um, which can be pretty good. We had like 10% off grinders the other week. So there's some there's some frizzy, pretty, pretty crazy things going on just to – get the ball rolling um, and but in terms the, of, special, the special so far is free postage for february well, that's right we've got free freight february yeah free yeah, freight I'm, freight. Ord I'm ordering like a 10 cent papers at a time every day <laughs> please, please don't order, order one in stock at a time <laughs> well could order one corby bolt one day mm -hmm. You and could. The next day, you could order another Corby bowl. But yeah, that will come with cheap. a. It will come with a leather cap. It will come with a letter. <laughs> Saying it's two letters. There'll be two letters. F U. <laughs> F U. Shout out to to Andrew Smith for doing some <laughs> graphics for us. Good bloke he is. And speaking of Andrew, free freight, free freight, February. You're saying yeah. three times really fast. <laughs> There's all of a sudden like there's a been a, a letter R yeah. in February. No, it's good stuff. Good. And, and have you been getting any time to make knives yourself, mate? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've finished an eye in, oh, like three months, four months now. Yeah, right. It's, it's, you're almost on yeah. par with – you're almost on par – with Glenn Beaton. Glenn Beaton. <laughs> I'm just taking after my boss. I, so like <laughs> I just, just try and 
one or two nights. No, I take offence. I've taken to giving Glenn Beaton polite little nudges through the knife making down underpage, um, uh-huh. trying to encourage the next step in his <laughs> to finish uh, the progression because he loves loves forging. <laughs> yeah, he loves forging, um, and then does a little bit of grinding, and it's like, all right, let, let's move on next, to the next. Let's see a finished knife. And he's actually doing a course with Tobias, Toby oh, yeah. Buckholt, um, which I restrained from saying it on the Facebook page, but I'll say it here, which probably means, Glenn Beaton, you're going to finish a knife. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't no. know if he's going to finish it, but at least at least Toby is going to finish it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> You'll walk out of there with a finished knife. Yes. Maybe I'll have to go and to probably walk out of there with a finished knife and go, Ah, screw it. I'm still just going to forge stuff because forging is fun. <laughs> forging is fun. I I did some forging the other day, and uh, I was so nice, just hitting the steel. Ah, mm. uh, mate. I was saying just before Tim, Canberra at the moment, it, we've, mm. it's just been unseasonably cool. So it's 22, 23 degree days, wet more times than not, and it's just like a it's like a summer dream. Mm. No, no, he's it's not getting up there. At, 40 degrees. This this summer was was very cool. I don't think there yeah. was many days where it was hot. So it was, it was a good one to, to do some forging. We had, yeah, I did a, I did a Damascus knife-making class with some locals here, and the Friday mm. was like 40 degrees, and then it just went cold after that. So I sorry, everyone, I, I put the mozza on uh, summer. But you know what? Knife-makers enjoy cooler weather, so... I love it. I, I much yeah. prefer the cool. Absolutely. He, 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 yeah. Hot summers now. Nah. You, you, know, you know, the crappiest thing is like the weather is nice, but I, I, I worked in a way that I finished all of my forging and now it's time for me to finish. And mm. I got a choice. Either I'm going to finish knives and I'm going to get paid or I'm going to forge knives. It's going to be fun, but I'm not going to see any money for a while. But, you know, at least your happiness is there, right? And you can just live off the happiness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll send, some, I'll send some happiness to mortgage. I'm sure they'll understand. Yeah, yeah. Last time I went to Aldi and I tried to pay for my food with happiness, they told me to get fucked and put everything back. <laughs> well, that's not happy. That's when you just give them forged knife <laughs> No, I wasn't happy then. <laughs> Uh, and g'day, Gaz, my mate Gaz, who has kindly put up that I have a good head for radio. <laughs> True, mate. <laughs> I think friends. our podcasts were, I think our podcasts were more popular when we were doing them just pre-recorded and and up as a podcast instead of a live feed. But you know, if people can watch me for or this this for a couple of hours, they can do anything. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Ma, very good. So busy with work, busy with new staff and new managers. Um, how's your Western Australian place going? Is that getting a lot of business at the moment? WA is slowly ticking along. It started off a little bit slow, but we're seeing um, some, some, more, some more interest over there just as people start to understand, like learn that it exists. Um, yeah. So... We're slowly building that, slowly um, gaining momentum there. It's been good. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Mark, as as Cole's 
uh, corrected mark there. It's shipments, the steel that's that's slowly making its way over here. We've had we've had a lot of delays with U.S. customs and all that all that rubbish. So it's been it's been pretty tricky to get stock in. But once it does come, there's going to be a heat. Um, so everyone will get a bar of steel in Christmas next year. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, go and raid your neighbor's trailer for a bunch yeah, of leaf sprinklers. Start making some railroad knives or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> decorative decorative uh, fixtures like hooks and, and stuff like that, fire pokers. Beautiful. Go. Uh, any stainless under 2.5 coming in. Uh, yes. Yeah, there will be. Yes. There'll be plenty yeah. of that. I love, I love how we get these um, questions answered right on the spot. Well, I think we've right. stepped up and not We've stepped up a notch in professionalism since Corin wasn't on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's a lot less pressure. Which, which, which is only tonight, and this is probably the only time that I'm going to get to... You, you know, speaking of professionals, okay, speaking of professionalism, since I'm in the shed, I'm not going to have the pleasure of like just being able to walk outside and piss. I'm going to have to go like the toilet. It's going to feel like very tame. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry for it. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to teach the dog. I'm trying to teach the dog good habits, so I've now got to like not just do that when I'm in my own workshop. I'm going to go and show him where it's appropriate to do his business, and uh, you know the neighbours are probably happier too because uh, don't go out the front yard as often now too. (laughs) You filthy man, filthy, filthy. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh well. Gonna, gonna... 1.7 millimeter nitro V. So, coming up. I don't see the point, but go for it, right? If the people well, want yeah. it, they want Puck, it. They might, it might be useful for pocket knives, for like a folder and true. things like that. It's not just potentially. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Team, you're so cute. Spatulas. Oh, shit. Yeah, it sounds like someone's <laughs> stalking you, Tim. Uh, I've got I've got all these stalkers, yeah. It's, I bet this I one bet works. You, with... I, I was going to say, is Jeff one of the uh, the guys out the back there somewhere? He is. Yeah. He is. Kind of, kind of got that impression. Uh, move yeah, along. Stainless liners. Yeah, we're moving along. Um, <laughs> so you were saying before, mate. Like I said, get people to subscribe to the um, mm. newsletter. How do they do that? Just go onto. The, is there a link on the website that they can? Yeah. So if if you go onto the main page of the website and scroll down, uh, there'll be a little yep. box where you can you can pop in your details, and it'll just sign you up. Really easy. And then each week you'll get a, a newsletter about Tuesday, twelve o'clock, pretty standard. Or yep. or if you already purchased an item, it it there's a box that you tick saying that uh, notify that- me from the recent promotions and all that. Yeah, there's if also you purchase one. stuff from Bemico, most likely you'll be getting those emails. Yeah. And if you're full-time like Mert and I, it's nice because about every Tuesday in the afternoon when I check my emails and that comes in, I do actually go up to my workshop and take a little bit of a stock take of what's happening, in particular with sandpaper and stuff but mm. um, and other, other consumables. But it's a nice reminder. And then you get to go on and... See what people with real jobs and earn money can spend things on, and we could just 
dream. Oh, dream, yeah. dream. It is nice <laughs> to dream. It is nice to dream. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I look at some of the things at work and dream too, but more. Uh, 12C27, what's the best quench and heat treat? Matt, you answer this one because I'm about to say gas forge and water. <laughs> <laughs> Mert's not Where's in control he? of. Oh no! There you go. Look at look look at look at the rest. Yeah, look at the recipe. There's a recipe, exact same recipe, on the border of Sandvik's internet, Sandvik's webpage. Same recipe. Yeah, and if you want to do, if you want to do a little bit more and get into a little bit more reading. Um, boy, um, boy, Laren's book. Ah, oh, look at the monster. Okay, he just wants to cuddle. Yeah, like cuddle Mert from the inside, wants to chew his arm off. Ah, yeah, so the Laren's book is really good, it goes into it some fairly in depth stuff. But what I really like about his book is at the end of each chapter. There's a real basic layman's terms summary of what they've talked about. Yeah. And, you know, for me, really when easy. I talk to my students about heat treating stuff, oh, it's, you know, you start going into too much detail for most people and their eyes glaze over and, mm. you know, they don't know what you're talking about. So if you just say it in real basics real of the simple. whole principle, they get it. And it was reading those little bits at the end of those chapters that at least I was like, oh, good, I'm telling them the right stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're actually getting more of those books in really soon. Um, we were supposed to get them last week, but the palette yeah. got mixed up with a bunch of sex toys. So, <laughs> Is that serious? Because I just saw you write something about that. <laughs> That's right, the rubber cleaners. <laughs> so... Uh, so we actually don't know where that palette is fully, but it's it's somewhere in the world, and we'll get it eventually. And when so, we do, we'll have books. Well, some horny girl is going to be upset when they get like a meter long of a thin steel instead of a 30 centimeter rubber thick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to get this funny looking spank paddle, and they, oh, what's this? It'll be a nice leather strop. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> who who had the um who had the misfortune or pleasure of opening the first box on the pallet to find out that there were big rubber dongs in there? It was actually my brother. <laughs> but... <laughs> and and did he have an extended lunch break? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny that one. Um, our lawyers oh, told us not to speak further on the matter. Julianne's listening. Let's not let's not get too crass. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, look at this. Where is he? I just had his thing up here. Who's here? Look who's here, Glenn. Oh, it's Glenn. Glenn. Now, Glenn, if Glenn. you weren't listening earlier, you'll have to go back and listen to the earlier part of our podcast where you might have rated a mention or two, maybe. Maybe three. Maybe three. Oh, we're not that generous. No, we're pretty scabby, actually. Free <laughs> postage, February. That's like the bloody... Man, I was going to take an extra mortgage out of the house so I could get a few extra packets of Rhino wet. Take advantage of that we're, postage. We're, we're planning a bulk buy on, on Rhino wet, actually. 
um, it just taken a lot, long time to get here because Indasa's Indasa takes a while to make sandpaper these days. Well, I'm assuming they are selling a lot of it. Um, they are. <laughs> I was just having a look at what's happening with Murd on that screen. <laughs> There's a box of puppies. There's a box of puppies. I just didn't know what that was on the screen. Oh, come uh, here. Talking of, talking of strange shipments of things, stuff and things. Oh, a um, bulk buy on RhinoWare. Wow. Man, I have on hand normally, uh, it's not skiting or you know, anything like that, but I would say at a glance, I would have anywhere between $600 and $1,000 worth of rhino wet in my workshop because I'm just paranoid in terms They're of running, running classes that I'm going to yeah. run out of. So I get down to like probably what most people have um, for a few months worth of it. I'll get down to that level and order more. Uh, there's been a couple of times where I've jumped on and, you know, ooh, we're out of 600 grit. Mm. I'm like, oh, shit. And then, you know, check stocks and normally ends up all right but wow i reckon you guys um yeah you're going to absolutely smashed with with that so that's that's still a, at least another two two or so months away um oh, that's all right. they still have to make it deliver it but it's it's on the cards yeah. so there's there's also there's all sorts of bog buys going on lots of stuff yeah. that works lots of stuff coming soon um it's just a matter of getting it into australia it's the hardest thing at the moment. You know what, mate? It's it's we're not on our own with this. It's not just knife making stuff. It's pretty much freaking everything's mm -hmm. taken forever. Um, you know what can we say, people? Just just expect it and Hold deal time. with it. Hold Hold time. Time. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> just keep yeah. saying two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Keeps going. Two weeks. Two weeks. Um. Well, Glenn, you'll have to go back and listen, mate. We can't. We can't recap that long yeah. chapter of our story. Yeah, it's uh, covered 10 minutes. 10, 15 at least. What she's going to go back there. So, Tim, Good to see you Tim, on here anyway, mate. Good to see you on here. Tim, i got a question. If you, were yeah. to, if, you, if you were to take a guess, what sold most last week in terms of knife making supplies, what would that be? Mm -hmm. Last week. What sold the most? I feel like you've got an answer here for me. No, I got no answer. I got no answer. I'm just, I'm just like curious. I think the most we sold, quantity-wise, um, is always those little eyelets for the Kydex. Oh. We sell. <laughs> we sell. That's like our, our top seller every week. Is just those tiny little eyelets. Um, I bought a bag of those. Two years ago, I reckon, and I've still got half of them mm. left because I rarely make Kydex. I bought sheets of tan, coyote tan, and mm. black in one of the bulk buys, um, and then I sell it at the current Gamaco price to the camera guys when you guys run out. <laughs> They're like, it's like the dealer. Oh, Ken, oh, you got yeah. the Kydex? Sure, fellas, let me just check the current prices on Gamaco. Uh, current rate is like $25 a sheet. You get free postage if you pick it up. Right. What a deal. 
What yeah. an absolute deal. You basically it's a, it's a, a box of nose. Yes, it's a box of nose. Yeah, he was just distracted and then looked up and, and saw <laughs> this unknown thing. <laughs> um, uh, to answer your question, yet, uh, not yet. Uh, we, we're still waiting on any for engineering to deliver more, um, but they shouldn't be too far away as far as I'm aware. Someone else has bought a stack at the Queensland Knife Show. Man, that was... Wow, when was the last like knife show? Like, forever ago, uh, Perth wasn't Hopefully. it? Two years, a year and a bit now. It was on. It was on my timeline. It was on my timeline last week. Yeah. Oh well, hopefully we'll be up to knife shows before too long. I'm sure everyone, everyone that's been to a knife show in terms of a vendor, and everyone has been to a knife show in terms of just the punters to come and have a look sorely missing out on that side of it. Absolutely missing out on that side of it. There you go. Cole's got an update for us. Yeah, Cole's got an update for us, which is a Ben Top Stanza one, two weeks away being made right now. Um, yeah, it's like Yui's got some pretty exciting stuff. I saw he's got a box cutter. So he was down there making boxes. He's making custom boxes. They're yeah, all they're already coming here. nicely packaged. It's beautiful. I've already We've even got an... Well, yeah, we've even got in the uh, the shop mate fully assembled now, so it comes on a little a little skid. And all you got to yeah, do nice. is take it off the little pallet and pop it on your bench and then plug it in, and it's done. With, with the wiring, with the wiring and everything done, everything yeah. done, yeah. everything is done for you. All you got to do is take it off the little thing and pop it on your bench. It's easy. How good is that? How good is that? Remember, you, remember the days when we put together our shop mates. Yeah, and then get around. Back in our time, back in our time, yeah. we had to pedal to create electricity. Yeah. <laughs> Still got the hamster. Still got the hamster. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, they, yeah, they they apparently do have a little bit of sausage in them, a little bit of sausage man wiring. They do. Um, that used to be one of the like you guys are spoiling everyone. How good is the product improvements? Because it used to be that you got your box, you built it, and then you had to wait for your Sparky mate to come around and wire everything up or run the mm -hmm. gauntlet and wire it up yourself and, uh, you know, see if it actually plopped the fuses or whatnot. Interesting stuff's happened there with uh, understanding how those VFDs work and electricity. It's dangerous stuff. Then, then you had to call Jamie to fix it because the Sparky <laughs> just just wired it like a not knowing what the hell to do. Yeah, but at least at least mine didn't have screws through the wire. Yeah, from my, the, mine, from mine, the mine, mine that's, had screws. That's, that's mine had a screw going through cable. I was told that's not a good thing. No, it's uh, not a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, bit of a shocker. Uh, yeah, beautiful sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so good evening, Blair. Um, Blair. So Blair's just come on. Said he was sorry he's late, but he's also said better than the ratchet strap Bunnings package plastic box. We've got a few goodies from Blair that they'll be going up soon. Yeah, well, I ordered that steel off you, and that arrived. And T and T guy came around, and I had to direct him to the side of the driveway that was closer to the garage. And then beautiful pallet too. Thank you. 
I've, I've kept the pallet. I was like, I can't throw that one out. It's too good. No. But he pulls it in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, just pop it up here into the into the garage. And then I look down on the corner of it, and it's like 160-something kilos. And I was just like, oh, that's right. Shit. It's an amber. So, no, they were the two sheets of steel that I got from you. Oh, cool right. Sheets. Yeah, so I had to cut it and man- manhandle that. Um, to get it out of the way because it was in the way of my wife's parking spot for her mini, and that I would not have survived that. I can tell you now. Ah, yes. Well, that that pallet would be custom made just for machines. I know it's unreal. Whoever made it, oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm probably going to use it as a base for a dog kennel. <laughs> Fair Recycle, enough. Recycle, upcycle. Uh, so have you got the selector switches for running two machines from one VFD? I Colby answer this one quicker than I will. I yeah. think we might. Mm. Whatever they are, the one three or the ABC switches, whatever they called. I know that um we had some troubles. Yes, we do have them. We do. Yeah, they're on the website. Yeah. Okay. Cool. If you just look up switch, it's the first thing. And then we've got here some more updates on the 84 engineering. Uh, was this some of the biggest delays in deliveries from 84 engineering and waiting for packaging? Wow. Who would have bloody thought mm. that? Yeah. That's crazy. I'm still yet to get down there. Jamie's been through here a couple of times to go and do some stuff down with the old sausage man wiring. Even and, I've been uh, down Riley's been down there. You've been down there. I'm an hour away from there, and I still haven't made it. I might have to drop down there next week if I get a chance. Do it. Uh, Three-phase switches are in stock. 50 of them just got delivered. So if you want to make a descender work or run two grinders on one VFD for whatever reason, now you can. Yeah. Look, it's a handy thing. I had three VFDs because I got lazy and I had to do with the classes, I had to get three VFDs. And just the, like, the idle of those running on standby kept tripping my power circuit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was a real pain in the ass because you'd have to unplug one. And Yeah, exactly. And then Jamie... So you can have three running at the same time? I can now because I've got... I've split the... Jamie came in and split the box inside the yep. workshop which yeah that was a sort of lesson learned it was like far out these things actually draw a little bit of power just sitting there on idle mm. it is Watch, watching uh, ewan's machine run was awesome just it just flew through you know the aluminium even the tapping it just goes straight in and oh, straight yeah. out <laughs> <laughs> i used to go around and help yui out every now and then with the mundane tasks at his place here when he was like 15 minutes from my place. And he'd sit me down with a hundred steel plates and you just have to go and tap each of the holes the with this automatic. <laughs> no, it was, it was, auto, I was using a drill press, like one of the oh, nicest okay. drill presses I've ever seen. Um, but but yeah, it was just each one, a little bit of tap fluid on there. I, mm. I think I became a little bit addicted to the smell of burning tap fluid. Just sitting there getting high on it. Earth voltage reference, Kevin Slattery. Yes, that's what the electricians call it. I just call it the 
power issue with three VFD machines running. The, the sausage, man, sausage man solution. Yes. Yes. Very good. Well, Alrighty. it sounds like you've got a lot going on, mate, with uh, at the moment, which is good. You guys will be employed for a little while longer, obviously. Um, that's that's a bonus. You know, I like yeah. having a job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, no, that's good. It's great. Like I said, you got the support from, uh, you know, most of the knife-making community in one way or another um, involved in, in the business in terms of buying stuff. So, and, and that shared sort of delivery of services, people like Blair and co, which is pretty That's awesome. Right. Yeah, good to see, there supporting we're... local makers and local entrepreneurs. Doing doing absolutely the best we can <laughs> with, yeah. with the resources we have. Yeah. Oh, mate, look, you know. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, and we're all along on the same path, mate, so I don't, I don't think we need to worry about it too much. I think, everyone, I think everyone's in the same boat. Keep calm and make a knife, as the Gamaco T-shirt Keep says. Yeah, I mean, yep. I, mean I don't make knife. knives anymore, but you guys can. Yeah, mate. I tell you, sometimes I, sometimes I swap places, Timmy. <laughs> Let's go, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it'd be like Freaky Friday. Can you oh, imagine it? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I'm, better, pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that the um, customer service level through Timmy, <laughs> if we swapped bodies, would dr change dramatically. <laughs> I want to complain about my order. I'll go get fucked then. <laughs> People are like, oh, Timmy, you're being quite rude. Go eat a dick. <laughs> just having an off day. <laughs> yeah, just having an off day, mate. A freaky Friday. <laughs> <laughs> well, tomorrow's Friday, so... It's better than oh, that. It is too. It is. Oh man, that's the other thing when you work for yourself and you don't really know what day of the week it is. It's uh I don't know very what good. day it's half the time. Doesn't but matter. Anyway. Better better head off and better get some, some naps, some sleeps. You, All right, you mate. boys have fun. Thanks for joining us tonight. Good to hear um, everything's going well. Good to see you back on air with us too. Well, see you next week guys. Right Talk to you later, Simo. See ya. See ya. Knife maker. With a lot to learn. Timmy, he's a handful of trouble at every Timmy, what's going on? Timmy Knife Making Down Under podcast. And he's always having such a lot of fun. I can't help every time I see a kindred surprise, I get that Timmy time tune going through my head. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Mummy, it's that weird man again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you, you were talking. You were talking about the days, Kev. When you were saying like you don't know what day it is and all that, you know the funniest thing is when you're a knife maker, and you hear people complaining about their lives changed. You know, I have to work from office. I have to. My my home is now office, and you're thinking like, 
my job hasn't changed a tiny bit. Nothing changed for me. No. I'm in the same self-isolation that I ever lived. Just like when yeah. I go out, people just start looking a bit more funny than usual. That's all. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> when I walk out, I'm like, <laughs> it was funny because I uh, had a I had a reasonable break over Christmas. Like I I literally, well I did I did some stuff personal projects. So I I stopped making stuff for orders and I stopped teaching classes, which was nice. So I just made personal projects, and I hadn't gone down to the post office for a considerable period of time. And then that first trip back to the post office, they like there was. All new people down there. I'm <laughs> just counting going, Where, where's, where's the postal guy? And they're like, oh, he hasn't been here for ages. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I got to get out more often. I was talking my to someone. Post, okay. My yeah. post, my post office is run by a elderly couple. They're in their early to late seventies. They're a lovely couple, and. Be in a small town. They know you. They know your email address. They know your address and everything. Sometimes their system freezes, and you come next day. You pay next day. I'll I'll be shocked. Like if they if I see somebody new there, I don't think my system can compete with it. Well, at mine is a very similar thing. Like they're a late. They got to be in their seventies, late sixties, yeah. early seventies. And you go down and you chat with them and stuff. And then I went down there, and it's just that's. They may be transitioning new people, new owners in, I don't know, but there's all these different people. And, you know, they come in and they take 15 minutes to find your parcel because it's addressed to Kev's Forge instead of Kevin Slattery. And you're like, ah, oh, they're now going to retrain new people too, you know. And then they're trying to get a heavy pat. Okay, talking, you know, about, talking about training, don't go with the treats, Okay. Cares Forge, Cares Forge, who's the good boy? <laughs> hey, welcome Adrian Pauly from Argentina. Good to have you on board, mate. Um, we've just spent a bit of time with Timmy from Gamaco, and as usual, um, we have the wonderful service of Cole answering questions as they come through as well. So. Can't complain about that. Um, learning what's happening in Gamaco for those who've just joined us. Free, free postage February. Free postage February. Jump on board and buy some stuff. At least you get that twenty odd dollar discount. Matt um, and I've been talking about shed extensions, workshop extensions. I was talking to someone today about it, and and you know, changing my business model a little bit because of some of the cancellations from these restrictions, I, I choose to earn a fairly modest salary, like in terms of the work that I do, because it's a lifestyle choice. But I was saying today, I said, oh, you know, it's a reasonable amount of money to put out there in terms of capital to extend the workshop. But even though I'm in there all the time, it's going to make me feel a lot better having like that 50% extra space. Uh, we're talking about like being the kings of self-isolation. I'm going to have like another room with stuff in it, so I'm not going to feel as enclosed in there. And that's I'm really, really looking forward to it, actually. I've just done a bit of a clean-up, moved a couple of tables out of the way, moved my tempering oven up on top of another thing, and 
yeah, just having a small space about two feet wide, which was previously occupied, is you know a nice thing. All of a sudden, I'm going to have another 15 square meters, all of my forging gear in that one room, and then it's just going to I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. My startup roller derby nights or something in my workshop. You know, you were saying that are you up at, are you up at the uh, top garage? I'm like, uh, I kind of want to show you guys because. Officially, I'll be taking one of the car bays for my for my storage and other knife making related things because packaging like I'm getting my shipping tubes and my knife pouches and things like that. Then you realize when it's hobby, it's not a big deal. But once you start doing this for a living, some shit takes so much space. And every time like every time I have to ship a knife, I have to like. I have to scramble trying to get shit together. <laughs> I know how you feel. I put in a you petition. Don't... I put in a petition in my lower garage, and, and moved all my shelving around. And I literally, and I'm not even joking. I literally have to climb over a mill that's in a box because I haven't been able to unbox it. Um, insulation for the new workshop packaging in there, timber that I'm trying to make or find the time to make some magnetic knife holders. And I had had a, a guy, a customer of mine, inquiring about some knives he wanted me to make. And he's, oh, can you show me some different timbers? And I said, look, you're gonna, you, your order's going to be a good six weeks away anyway before I really get a crack at it because I'm busy. But I literally have to climb over like a mountain of stuff just to get to the boxes on the shelves which have the timber. And he didn't believe me, so I had to go and take a photo and show him. I'm doing my old rock climbing moves. I'm like <laughs> reaching around, getting on the side of the wall there, like pulling myself through, grabbing onto the shelf over there. And it's just, it's madness. <laughs> just 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 don't get one of your arms stuck because I'm sure there'll be Plenty of nice to yeah. cut it off. <laughs> nah, none of them sharp. Come on, it's my <laughs> workshop. <laughs> so your, your shop is insulated, right? What's that? There's insulation in your shop? Yeah. Oh, now, speaking of which, way back up in the comments, I can't remember who asked it, about the building side of things, and they were talking about the roof insulation. Um, as far as I know, you put that on before you put the top, put your battens on, then run your roof insulation and then run your top sheets. Um, so I bought, uh, yeah, it's like the sarking, isolation sort of stuff, silver reflective things, but a, a little bit step up, a little bit of a step up on the norm. Um, my workshop is really well insulated, the, the walls anyway at the moment, so like, it, it's pretty good. It keeps it cool in summer, keeps it warm in winter, holds the heat. Um, but yeah, it's all that sort of stuff, like I said, and, and I've got the spare room well, so-called spare room where my laser is, that has my post tubes, two shelves, drawer shelves in there where I have all my knife stock, leather. It's it just it's madness, isn't it? You know, I really have to... So we have a toy room for our kids and it's probably full with the fucking 20 to 30 centimetre deep toys on the fucking floor. And there are many times I'm debating about like putting kerosene and burning the whole toys. And if the house burns along with it, just, you know, uh, collateral damage, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like 
getting rid of the fucking toys and the toy room and turn that room into an engraving room like have like a Ooh, have a yeah. section have a section where I can like hold like keep not like a showroom but keep my knives because if you if, if somebody yeah. wants to come and see my knives I have to go into my shed and unlock things and take my dirty dusty box take the knives out wiping making sure there's no rust and like this this is not the way to go this is fucking this is this yeah. doesn't make sense they so that was one of the things spot. yeah that was one of the things i did in i call it the laser room the the leather room the laser room um i went to ikea and bought a couple of like eight eight high drawer units and stacked them on top of each other and then put in some of that non-stick, uh, non-slip matting. Mm -hmm. And then I then I can just take someone in there and say, oh, they go, oh, have you got any chef knives on hand? And I go, yeah, yeah, come in. And we go, it's a bit, bit of, oh, it's a real mess in that room at the moment, but you can just go in there and pull open a drawer. Yeah. And you know they're clean, you know they're dry, you know they should exactly. technically be rust-free for the carbon steel ones. And it, it looks a lot nicer having that, just that little bit of that presentation there. I look more, more than presentation. I'm tired of the, the thought of like opening up once a week to making sure there's no rust. Like I, I oil the crap out of it, but yeah, it's, um, I, I, I have a tin shed. There's no insulation. There's dust yeah. and shit coming through every time. Mine's insulated. It's exactly the same, man. <laughs> it's just, just <laughs> junk everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good thing to have. And you can go to Ikea and just buy those um, glass display cabinets. I reckon they look quite nice. And they don't take up a lot of space. And you could have three or four knives on each shelf in those. You know, it'd still have a half a dozen or a dozen or, you know, dozen or two knives in there. And I think they're about 100 bucks or something. But, you know, mm -hmm. you and me. We've got to get the wives in to assemble the IKEA stuff. <laughs> you know, Kev, when we moved to, so, little personal story. When we came to Australia, our plan was to live in Australia for a year or two and then go back to the US. And whenever we rented or looked for a house, we lived in the furnished apartments because we didn't want to be buying all the furniture and all that. And then what do you do? Trying to sell it for like for nothing and like, fuck it. Just find furnished houses. So we rented houses, and when we became, when we realized we're gonna be here for for good, we bought a house. Yeah, that's nice. U.S. mortgage, but then we realized we got zero furniture. <laughs> we had nothing. We had nothing. Yeah. So what what did we do? We went to IKEA. We 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 bought everything from IKEA for this house. And the IKEA truck came to our place with 73 flat packs. I got like, a, I got like 70 IKEA Allen keys in the drawers. 73, okay, 73 flat packs. And after the first day, my father-in-law, he found a guy from Facebook who would put IKEA furniture. Like he'll, he'll charge us, but we were like, fuck it. Yeah. Tired of fucking yeah. putting IKEA furniture. Like you realize you done something wrong five steps before you're trying to go back, and I'm at the point like it is what it is. I know the drawer doesn't open, but fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> just just leave it as is. I know it's supposed it's to be now, table. It's now a table. It's upside down, but it's okay. <laughs> if I if I why, staple why? a yeah. 
my wife would be Ooh. perfect at doing one of those flat pack assembly rolls. I I push the parcel in there and say, build it, and it's like boop, 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 done. Like, yeah, no hammers were hurt in the making of this IKEA furniture. So Corey has bought some property a few months ago for the giant shed, mate. My when my wife and I occasionally talk about you know downsizing or moving tree change somewhere where the winters aren't as severe. Um, the shed is one of the main things that I look at, property size and doesn't have a big shed. And then the house can be a fucking two-bedroom fucking lean-to. It doesn't matter. Has it got a workshop that's got good power and, and, and a slab? Yes, fantastic. That one's make the short list. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, but we were talking a bit before about... Um, I can't remember if it was on air or off air now that neither Mert or I really have any experience in um, building stuff, like putting things together in terms of, you know, sheds and pergolas and that sort of crap. I always pay the people that know what they're doing. Um, so, Raymond, if you're asking that question, what if the roof is already on it, got tin on it? I don't know, man. <laughs> ask, ask your builder mate that knows. Me personally, I'd be sticky. I'd be sticky taping up pink bats on the ceiling, and I don't know if that's the most efficient way of doing it. But it's like that's how my brain works. Like I just do that. It could be easier to peel the tin off and put the stuff down. Don't know. <laughs> oh. oh, hang on, no, Jamie. Look at this. This is what we need. Jamie's like the jack of all trades. Jamie has already answered that, saying, Raymond Davies, you use the foil-backed foam boards and screw it to the frame. Jamie, you're a freaking legend, mate. Honestly, who would have known that someone who was used to subterranean lifestyle would have so much knowledge about above-ground dwellings? And believe it or not, Jamie was on top of the roof, dismantling the roof, and he was saying that he got, a sun, he got sunburned and his bum got off the of being on top of the roof. Those glassiness does perform. Yeah, talking about the display cabinets and, um, you know, affordable stuff is the, a lot of the time with these display things, it's, it's getting the affordable stuff because, I mean, I've been around some places when we do, you know, go out looking at furniture or whatever. I'm always eyeing off things that I can use for storage or for display cabinets. Man, sometimes you just see something go, that's unreal. And you flick the tag over and it's like 800 bucks or a thousand bucks. It's like, why? But then like I said, you go to Ikea, might not be the best sturdiness or whatever in it, but hundred bucks, you know, and then as um, Darren was saying, they, they can make, be made dustproof, chuck some extra LED lights in there and it's all good to go. Um, one of the things I was looking at, probably should have done while we haven't had knife shows, but I was looking at making some table display boards like that you can actually have perspex on the top. And then rather than people coming along and just picking knives up or spilling coke on them or whatever, um, you know, you invite them or ask them which knife they would like to see and then you hand it over to them. Um, and that way, you know, 
reduce the risk of some clown cutting themselves or some clown's kids cutting themselves. No, or okay, the okay, clowns selling okay, the knives be, cutting themselves. <laughs> be, be honest, you were you were you were about the spit train. Yeah, when they come up. Far out, man. They're, they're fantastic knives and they're spitting shit all over <laughs> Actually, just worried about the sabotage of my usual um, knife show companion that's generally sitting next to me. This this bloody Mike Tensu fella or something, I think his name is. <laughs> oh, I miss those days. I really do. Oh, man. Oh, look, you know, Jamie... Um, what can we say? Andrew Blomfeld. For those that don't know Andrew, Andrew's a um, retiree. I think he's done. He's one of those guys. I really like talking to Andrew when you get over the initial excitement of the conversations and, and we calm down and talk about things. There's always like seems to be another chapter to to Andrew Blomfeld in what he's done and things things areas he's worked and he just like. Wow. But I haven't been to his workshop that you have, Matt. And Look, and, and Andrew's, Andrew's shed is like Australia. Andrew's shed is just like Australia. It's middle of fucking nowhere, so far away. It's so huge, and there's fuck all the people living and using it. And, and you can great. eat off the floor, and it's great. Yes. And well, I, ha I have travel plans at this stage in April to go up to northwest New South Wales. Um, and I've spoken with Andrew about um, probably popping in to say good day to him for a couple of days. Uh, we should go together at the same time. We should go together at the same time and bother the fuck out of him. <laughs> I'm not sure he can handle you and I in his workshop together. You know what you do with that? This is a cool thing. We could go up at the same time. You could distract him and I'll just disappear into his workshop and he'll freak out. He won't know what to do because he's not watching over what I'm doing in his workshop. Then I'll just come back with a smile on my face and say, you know, what's, what's going on, mate? What? Nothing. And it'll take him two weeks to realise that I didn't actually do anything bad in his workshop. Yeah, so, um, yeah, look, you know, uh, Raymond Davies has sent me a picture on my other thing about his workshop. It's it's pretty freaking big, pretty freaking cool, like what I'm saying. Um, you know, like I'm going from 7 by 5 to 10 by 5, and, you know, everyone keeps saying you're going to want bigger. Yes, but there's a limitation to what I can actually build in my backyard. And there's a limitation to what I can build in my backyard, not only from the approval standpoint, but, well, from the council approval, but from the family approval. I would just, my whole backyard would be one big workshop if I could make it that way. But these are the things. So um, what's... Um, What's something that you've been working on lately, Mert, that, you know, I've seen a couple of your things on social media. What are what are some of the things oh. you've been doing out there? So what have, what have I done? Uh, I was away for I was away for a few days and I came back and I I've been making shit every day and I made a few knives and 
today one of the knives that I sold over the weekend, the client wanted to have a saya with it, and the knife had a Honduras rosewood bird handle, and I said to the guy, hey, I got some matching saya pieces, and this is what I have, this is Bokote, this is that, and that, and I had some ironwood, but also I had some Honduras rosewood bird saya material in. And keep in mind, Honduras rosewood bird is not cheap. It's rather expensive, even for blocks. And for saya material, it was quite pricey. And I gave the guy the price, and I was like, yeah, I want to be matching saya. I'm like, say no more. And I just finished that up today, and I sent Kev pictures, and I got a pool from Kev as well, and I'm going to post pictures of it and hopefully ship it this week. That's what I've been doing, and hopefully sometime yeah. this week I'll have another time of maybe forging, because I really, it's nice to make custom orders, but when you make something that you want, that really fulfills you. I made a Turkish twist Damascus the other week. I, I was really happy. The knife hasn't yeah. sold. It's not the point. Like I, I, I'm looking at it. I'm really happy. I'm really yeah. happy with what I've done. Well, that's like those W two knives that I've been working on. Well, finished up now. They had no customers in mind, and I just wanted to run a batch of them and try, like I said, the technique I'm using for the Hamons. And yeah, man, sometimes there's just that excitement and that satisfaction in just doing what you want to do. I've had to go back, you know, unfortunately the reality check hits us sometimes. Um, uh, I got asked by Jay, actually, Jay Cross, about oh, am I just making what I want at the moment? And I was like, well, I was, but unfortunately bills don't stop coming in. So when someone asks you to make a knife, I'm a bit more selective now, I guess, in terms of what I want to make. <coughs> it's like, yeah, I'd love to just make what I want and and sell it, but when an order comes in, you know, if it's something that I'm used to doing or want to do, I'll take it on board. So I've just had a little, in the last sort of day, even today, which was good, a couple of orders come in. Um, so, yeah, keen to get back into it. And like I said at the moment, with the weather here being a bit cooler, sorry for everyone up north where it's stinking hot, but, man, it's it's been awesome, like mid-20s. So, um, one of the other knives you made, Mert, and one thing I want to touch on just quickly in relation to the knife making down under page that we have on Facebook, um, like exotic materials. So you yes. you yourself use, well, you use exotic timbers and you use exotic um, materials. I use mammoth ivory on some of my knives. Mm -hmm. A little stock of it put away. I've burnt some of it, and the dog's eaten some of it, <laughs> which is pretty shit. <laughs> but one of the things I just want to point out in terms of a moderator, particularly as a moderator thing on the knife making down under page, um, there's only three admin, admin on there at the moment, and that's me, Corin, and Mert. And we're pretty relaxed in what we allow to be on the site and, you know, content that goes up there. Um, but if you're going to go on, if someone's going to po post up something for sale, and you're just going to go on and be a fuckwit about it and start telling people they're scammers and, you know, good luck getting shit through customs and stuff without actually, you know, being nice and asking the right questions, you, you're going to get, your, you know, your posts are going to get deleted for your first time around. And then if, you, if you're shit. jumping on without any sort of evidence or proof and basically slandering people, um, you're going to get your butt kicked and all kicked off the side because... Um, 
we just want that page to run pretty smoothly. It, it's reasonably autonomous in terms of an admin for a group that's got five and a half thousand odd members on it. it it's pretty lightweight. Um, but one of the things on there was there's a one of our Russian members um, and he's selling exotic materials on there. And you've been a customer of his. I'm pretty sure I met the guy over at Blade Show. Um, but just be aware, people, that just because you think it's difficult to get through or something to get in um, and just because you've not dealt with someone doesn't mean that they're a scammer. And that's not to say that we don't get scammers on that site. We we block a shitload of members from there which come from a certain region we, of the we, world. We, we make axes, <laughs> knives, sir. Yes. We make best yes. Damascus. It's, it's pretty clear from a moderator's point of view. I've been a moderator on a lot of these things. It's pretty clear on a moderator's point of view who's trying to scam you out of some coin and who's being reasonably genuine in, or who's being genuine in selling stuff. Um, I've, I've run the gauntlet, mate, on some exotic materials. What I thought was running the gauntlet, um, you know, and take, take a risk every now and then. But that particular guy has been on there a few times and he's, you know, I think his reputation is is pretty well regarded for the higher end knife makers in the or in the scene, in the knife making scene, both here and abroad. So just be mindful, people, when you're going to go onto the group and start flinging shit around, it's going to hit a fan and that fan's not going to be happy and you're probably going to get yourself um, booted. Look, so if you're in the market for knife making material, okay, you can buy steel, you can buy handle blocks. If you're in a maple barrel, there's thousand people selling maple barrel probably in the world. If you want to start looking for a gigi, number is going to drop down to probably 20 or 30 since it's Australian timber. But if you're looking for the cream of the crop, top of the line, premium exotic, exotic stuff, the sellers of that stuff is handful. If you're looking yes. for mus, if you're looking for muscles horn, there's three or four guys reputable that I know that I bought from are selling it. If you're looking for yeah. wall ivory, there's a handful of guys selling from Russia and US. And because there's not that big market, you're not gonna see tons of customer reviews. You're not gonna yeah. see websites. It's gonna look like a gamble. And yes. It's a gamble. You're sending money. You're hoping that some stuff is going to come. But <laughs> even, 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 even you're going to buy from a very reputable dealer. Post international post is always gamble. Whatever oh, yeah. you buy, especially living in Australia, you always gamble, taking a part, thinking, "I'm hoping it's going to turn up. If it doesn't turn up, I'm fucked." But you know the consequences, and especially. If you're ever trying to bring stuff to Australia that's kind of on the grey lines, like the stuff that's been listed on the sites, like Honduras, Rosewood Burl, oh, Blackwood, yeah. <laughs> Coca Bolo. Yeah, because the other day somebody asked on the forums, I didn't reply. He said, Is Wolves Ivory legal and is it expensive? I'm like, I I don't I wanna say yes, yes, but it could be no, no. So those are very subjective. So when you bring stuff into Australia, yes, every day you're in the, you might be at the mercy of the customs officer, but we're not, we're not bringing elephant tusks, okay? We're not bringing, you're not bringing something illegal.
legal to country. But again, just because it's legal doesn't mean that some some guy at the customs is going to feel some type of way to feel like, oh, there might be something in this box that I feel like returning it. I feel like flagging it. Okay? Yeah. Anytime, yeah. anytime you're trying to bring exotics to country, there's two ways. Bring in your suitcase when you come back from overseas, which doesn't have an option now. <laughs> or... Or fucking take take to gamble, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And like I said, I've when I was over the first time I went to Blade Show and went in, and they had those dealers there on the early day. Man, I was blown away by what was available. The expense of some of it was like holy shit. The turnover was just madness. The amount of cash change in hands, but also. Like I said, people like you, me, and others just go, well, fuck, I'm not going to get this anywhere else in my hands now. So people were buying it and then shipping it back in their luggage and either declaring it or not. I don't care about that. That's not oh, my problem. Shit, you, but... have to see, you have to see my suitcase. Like My suitcase was like yeah. a <laughs> dent, dentist office <clears throat> of a walrus. Oh, fuck yeah. So... um. Yeah, I mean, the last one which I got through, which was exotic, was um, woolly rhinoceros, uh, woolly rhinoceros bone, like so, around the era of the mammoths, it was the woolly rhinoceros, and I got bone, and it was a deal that I've used before, and I, I subscribe to their mailing list, and I have a drool over stuff, but even now where the Australian dollar's bombed again and it's like a dollar twenty nine or something and they all sell in US dollars and you're like, oh, that sounds really... Oh, no, hang on, now I've got to add another fucking 35%. Um, yeah, I, I bought these this bundle of the woolly rhinoceros bone. Um, it was an offer... It was too, too good an offer to not run the gauntlet, but it was a big expense. Like, I, it was a big purchase, a lot of stuff. But good value when it finally landed. I was, I gotta admit, I, I had a fucking big sigh of relief, wiped a bit of sweat off the ground, like, good, it's here. I'm still yet to use any of it, and it's not the probably not the prettiest. It's sort of like mammoth ivory scales, but not as intense with the colors. Um, yeah. but I'm yet to try it on something, but I've, I've got it there. I've got it there. That's Kev, one of those things. It's... Kev, you, you don't you don't know the controls well enough to be able to put a picture on the. If I send you a picture, you can put it on the screen, can you? Uh, possibly, yeah. What are you going to send it to yeah. me through Messenger? I'll, I'll I'll send it to your Instagram. Okay. Yep. Right, guys, hang on for a second. Bear with us. Gonna... We are both. Technologically challenged. Okay. <laughs> I'm currently just trying to log into Instagram on the. Oh, wow, I'm actually on there. There you go. So I send you three pictures. If you can highlight the, the very bottom, very bottom or the middle one, I'll explain what it is. All right. So. Uh, let me come back here and go share, share screen, uh, two monitors, I don't want two freaking monitors, you wankers, <laughs> just bear with me. 
<laughs> it may or may not work. Um, give me a second. Share screen. Oh, look at all this stuff up here. Primary, Matt. Does that come up on the screen there? I don't see on the screen yet. Oh, there we yep, go. You got this. So, okay. is that up on there for you guys now? I'm sure they see what, what I see. Can, can you enlarge the picture or? You got problem. No, that's a... oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Shh, stop. <laughs> uh, so no, that's as big as I can. That's as big as I can make it, so you can see it. Yeah, speaking of exotic material, I bought a sword not long ago, and I realized the hilt is made out of a rhino horn. That's actually yeah, right. a rhino. That's a rhino horn. Wow! If I was to sell the rhino horn as is, it will probably make two, three times more than what I paid for the sword. Bloody hell! Yeah, the mounts and the cross guard is silver. And luckily, the guy who was selling it, who he had no idea about what he had. He was just selling an antique sword. He had no idea what he was selling, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, good people could say that. Um... Oh, I know. Yeah, no, that's it. So that in terms of that exotic materials, yeah, sometimes you've got to take a punt, take a little bit of a gamble and just go, okay, let's run with it and go for it. You've got to obviously weigh up the value, well, risk versus reward, as they say, when it, when it comes to it. Work out whether it's, you know, you want to risk four or 500 bucks or not. <laughs> I think the woolly rhino bone that I bought, yeah, it was like 500 US, but there are a good number of sets of scales. I, I worked out a price. I was like, oh, actually, that per set of scales, it's actually a really good price if you buy it in bulk. But it was a big outlay of cash, 500 US just on a fuck I don't know. And it got here, made it through. Um yeah, Mark stinks on the bottom there, Mark Sinclair with muskox. Um, it was <laughs> a little while ago when I was doing a bit of the stabilising and stuff, and Mert, you gave me that piece of muskox. You're like, yeah. oh, can you stabilise? Can you stabilise some mus muskox for me? And I'm like, yeah, yeah no worries, man. So I stabilise. I take this muskox off Mert and bring it to stabilise it. I had no idea what this stuff cost. And then I, I was in the stabilizing chamber and the vacuum chamber. And I don't know, somewhere along the way, I, I saw some muskox. Or maybe it was afterwards. Maybe it was when we went to Blade Show and I picked up a small piece at Blade Show yeah. and it was like that big. And the price, you know, whatever, it was a lot. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Holy shit, I'm stabilizing a thousand bucks worth of stuff for man. <laughs> no idea. You're like, 
They're like, is that the same thing that I'm stabilizing? Yeah, mate. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I had a little fucking bit of weed come out, I think, at that stage, because I was like, oh, fuck, I could have really fucked that up. <laughs> Risk versus reward. Uh, it was Cole saying, yeah, a lot of money on Ivory next time at Blade Show. Uh, Seal Club or Whale Harpooner. Uh, as part of dealing Little Ivory. Funnily enough, um, Cole, like, on the serious side, some of the coolest stuff that was available at Blade Show was the artifact ivory. Yes. Like the Inuits had made tools out of walrus and whatever other other product. That stuff was really cool because you know, a you yeah. could make you could make a really cool handle out of it, but it had who who knows how long a period of time of history involved in it. I know David Lish has done a few. Um, pieces like that. Who else had one? Um, uh, Steve Filosetti. I'm pretty sure Mark and bloody Bruce Barnett have probably done something with it. Bill Burke. Um, a lot of those high-end guys will be there and sifting through all those artifact stuff and just picking out the coolest pieces but, you know, might have been a bloody... Some of them were, like, some of them were fire starters. You can see, like, the yeah. hole there. They were starting to fire and yeah, or so cool. fishing for fishing. They'd had like wrap their hand reel for fishing or something, and you're like, bloody hell, you know, like kind of cool. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, some big, yeah, definitely some big Usics too. Yes, uh, Usik, for some... those who don't know, Usik is the it's the bone, bone of the bone, the boner. Yeah, this the bone of the boner. That's what Jamie thinks about Usyk. I may have taken his comment out of context, but all good. G'day, Jay. We just spoke about you. So you and uh, Glenn Beaton are going to have to go back in time now and re-watch the start of the thing to see what we said about you. I'm, I promise it was all nice. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Um, very good. Well, I'm about to run off battery, man. I'm running. Yeah, no, that's all right. I was going to say. I think we've we've covered a bit, bit of. For me, as like I said, guys, it's been a while. Welcome, welcome back. Thanks for joining into the podcast. It's good to be back on board. Um, we did. Well, I won't make too many excuses, but we were planning to get these things running it back a bit earlier. But January ended up being a little bit of a write-off for a number of reasons, and the the things we've talked about between Corin Burton and myself is we're probably going to run the podcast on a fortnightly uh, cycle for a little while. We're going to do every other Thursday. Um, gives us gives us a chance ha to... Hangover Friday every week is not acceptable, okay? Even uh, for the guys who don't have a who don't have a report to a boss, like being hangover every Friday is, is hard. Yeah, I've got an early start tomorrow, so I've only been sort of slowly sipping away on the red wine, not even halfway through. Um, but no, we thought we'd go to a fortnightly format. Um, and what we want to invite you guys to do is to um, send through through the Knife Making Down Under page, group page, um, any topics or stuff that you would like us to have a bit of a talk about or bring up. Um, if you are a an expert, subject matter expert in that thing, we'd be lucky, we'd be lucky, we'd be happy to have you on board and uh, talk about different things. Um, we want to approach, or we're going to be approaching again, 
um, some we want to get more Aussie maker content on here, so we'll go probably send out the invite to people um, to see who wants to join us. You can see from like tonight's and other episodes, it's pretty laid back. Um, we'll get on here and we'll have a general chat about things, mostly to do with your knife making. But as you've seen in the past, um, we can we can go left or right of that tangent and end up talking about some funny things along the way. Um, all we do is hopefully invite you guys to keep your clothes on. Um, last week when I had the shocker with the wife's birthday and we ended up out of dinner, I had one notification come through and I quickly looked at my phone and there's Steve Schwartzer fucking half naked with a gun. I just, eyes lit up a bit, phone went down on the table, my wife's like, everything right? And I went... Yeah, 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 I think so. How's dinner going? <laughs> so, um, yeah, if there's content you'd like us to talk about where we can you know, answer it probably a little easier than just having the trying to manage the comments on the side, um, give us a heads up and we'll, we'll try and do a bit of research if we don't know enough about it or we'll bring someone on that does know about it. If there's a particular Aussie maker that you would like us to approach to have a bit of a chat or someone in the related industries to knife making, hit us up and all we can do is ask. Um, and, you know, we're, we're reasonably persistent. We've asked a number of guys who initially said no and they've since been on and had a great time. Uh, but we want to, like I said, <clears throat> get a bit more exposure for those guys that are willing to come on and share a bit of time with us. Outside of that, though, thanks, everyone, for joining in tonight. Thanks for watching, guys. Well, good night, everybody. Yeah. All right. Cheers, fellas. Thanks very much, uh, and ladies and gents. Uh, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Remember, a couple of weeks. All right. See you, everyone.